This episode of the Ball Junk Podcast is dedicated to the memory of ECW superstar Balls Mahoney. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Hey, hey, what do you say? It's time! It's time! Ball Junk episode 21! We can legally drink in the States. I'm super excited about that. It's the gas man. It's Frankie Knuckles. Frank, how's it going? It's Friday night. It's time to party. We're doing a pre-NBA playoffs edition of Ball Junk. The Orioles are just riding high. Things are good. Life is good. It's a good time to be a sports fan. And what an incredible month of basketball we've had. Yeah, well, this week was pretty spectacular. I mean, in you know, with the whole um, Villanova NCAA win, like that buzzer beater. Yeah, unfortunately, I missed that game, but what? it was uh, it was a podcast night. Oh, it was right. a Monday. Yes, love those Monday NCAA championship games. But uh, what were you uh, recording? I don't remember don't which remember. one it was that night. But uh, yeah, it was. Quite the finish. I'm sad I missed it. I was checking the scores. I was driving home, and North Carolina was down three with, whatever, 35 seconds yeah. left. I'm like, oh, I might get home in time for overtime, and then checked again five minutes later. I'm like, nope. No, nope. no OT. So, yeah. I saw the highlights. Pretty crazy. It was, uh, it was a hell of a tournament. Um, being an Orange fan, Syracuse making it to the Final Four when a lot of people didn't even think they were supposed to be in the tournament was pretty exciting. Um, they had a, a good run. Jim Beheim is he's the man. That's your team, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a, it was a very exciting tournament. I wasn't expecting much, but uh, getting to the final four was uh, was lots of fun. And uh, yeah, that uh, North Carolina Villanova championship game was uh, it was a sight to see. Which... I didn't watch a ton of March Madness, but every game I watched was awful. Like, it was always <laughs> it was a twenty point blowout almost. There... At, Especially yeah. the final four, and there were lots of blowouts, and uh, which was unfortunate. Yeah, so I did not peak my and anything I did watch. The basketball was generally not great. I did watch the one game where uh, Buddy Ild went off for when he was hitting everything. That right, game. yes. A lot of people had him projected to go to the Pelicans, so I had my my eye on him, and he's. A little too Kobe-ish for me, but Uh-oh. I still love him. I'll love him if he comes to the oh, Of course you will. <laughs> you know, and um, uh, Syracuse, their their women's team, made it to the NCAA Final Four as well. The yeah. only school that had uh, both teams oh, yeah. in the Final Four, which is very exciting. Did UConn win that, or is it Of still course good? they did. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even close. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. They uh, they pretty much uh, breezed their way through the, the whole tourney, which... Um, they tend to do. Mm-hmm. I think they've won something like 123 of their last 124 games or something like that. And uh, most of them, I, I believe, are probably blowouts. Yeah. I guess if you're a, a female basketball player and you're good, you get recruited. And, you know, that's you're probably your first place to go because they obviously have good coaching and it's a good school, I guess. Yeah, I would, be, I would think there's more, maybe not the best, like there's – a lot of high schools with a lot of good basketball players. That's true. But I, I'm assuming that they can afford to just pick whoever they want yeah. and have a super team. And that they do. And that <laughs> they do. So um, what else is going on? 
Uh, not a whole lot. I'm trying to think. I haven't uh, seen you since uh, BVSDOJ. The Honey Bun. The Honey Bun. Episode. That's right. Which was a lot of fun. Um, not a lot of podcasting. We did Game Junk on Wednesday night. That's right. I did see that. So what episode of Game Junk is that? 28. We're 28. Cre- Paul Junk's creeping up. We're catching up. Over time. But uh, yeah, it's been a pretty busy week. Not a whole lot going on, to be honest. I'm trying to think if there has been anything exciting. Well, you're going to see Ghost on Sunday. Yeah, I'm That's going to very see Ghost. Uh, I'm going to go see two movies <laughs> this weekend. And uh, other than that, I'll probably clean. Nice. Nice. <laughs> do you have it do you have any other concerts coming up? Um probably a couple Sloan shows for the uh one chord to another twentieth anniversary tour. Are they playing around here somewhere? Uh Fort Erie and Dundas are the two I'm looking at. Dundas. Dundas, Ontario. At the Montessori school or Wow. It's, it's a weird venue. I don't know. That's but, a very strange venue. Yeah, I'll check that out. Very How good. about you? Uh, well, let's see. I've got uh, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Axel slash Duff reuniting. The good thing with that show is they announced it, and it's well, they were playing shows that day already. Like It isn't, wasn't some prolonged process no. of it's like, we're getting back together. We're starting touring right now. Let's do this. And so you don't have to wait too long either, July. I shelled out some bucks uh, to see uh, to see a beetle. Mm-hmm. Not Ringo. Not Ringo. I've seen Ringo. I have shelled you? I shelled out no dollars. No dollars for <laughs> it's a, Ringo. It's amazing that one perfor- performer from the Beatles commands no money. They give out comp tickets at casinos. Yes. And another one is I can only imagine. Uh, but what kind uh, of price tag. yeah, I'm going to see Paul, and uh, so I'm, I'm assuming there'll be a mix of Beatles and Wings and solo stuff. And that's in Hamilton, so I don't have to go very far, which is Beautiful. exciting. Not having to go to Toronto is always good. I love it. And then I've got uh, I'm doing the the Corn and Rob Zombie show in August. Oh, is that Amphitheater? It is at the Amphitheater. Who's headlining? Uh, Rob Zombie. Never seen Rob Zombie. No, I kind I, of I enjoy it. It's uh, it's always a good show. It's got some good tunes and uh, a band that I really really like called In This Moment is the opener. Okay. So a little bonus, yeah. It's uh, it's, it's a that's a pretty good lineup. And uh, you know, did you get tickets for Kiss? No, no. <laughs> See, for me, once Ace and Peter were gone, um, the appeal of of Kiss kind of disappeared for me. Like it, like they don't belong in that band anymore. You know, they just they caused a lot of trouble. I'm you know I'm not trying to apologize and say that uh, you know Gene and Paul kicked them out and that they didn't belong well they may have kicked them out but they had every right to get rid of them you know like to be in kiss now you have to have it's it's like business first you know and uh I I, I don't think Ace and uh, Peter were ready to go business first uh, that's for sure so and well there's obviously the idea that Gene and Paul would be replaced eventually too, and that's, Kiss that, will continue. That's as. that's what they say, you know. <laughs> that when you know they die or or they retire or whatever, that someone else will just throw the makeup on and they'll just keep going, which is insane. And yeah, <laughs> it's kind of interesting though. But yeah, I've seen Kiss. I think five or six times, but only with the original four. I've seen both uh, with and without. 
It's a good time. One of the shows, Peter might not have been there, and it might have been uh, Eric Singer, but uh, I'm not too sure about that. It's, you know, the makeup, and you can't, you can't tell. No. <laughs> no. But they're also, uh, they're an enjoyable live band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Kiss. Have, uh, have they announced the, uh, this is our new music podcast, by the <laughs> way. Have they announced any of the shows for uh, Art Park this year? Uh, There's usually good stuff, sort of. Uh, well, I, I know a few of the acts. Uh, White Snake. Okay. Ben Harper. Interesting. Noel Gallagher. That's strange. Bare Naked Ladies. Whatever. Uh, trying to think of some other ones. Those are the ones I know off the top of my head. Is you know the usual like Foreigner and Huey Lewis in the News and Blue Rodeo. Oh yeah, that one's on my birthday. Nice. Uh, Hollow Notes. Oh, Ben Folds is the other one I forgot. With the five? Uh, no. Oh, that's weird. He's been away from the five for a long time. And like uh, non like cheap shows, Sticks is there again. No surprise. With Larry Gowan? <laughs> yeah. And uh, not uh, a f- cheap show, but they have Bob Dylan there as well. Actually, not that expensive. It's only 70 bucks. It's pretty good. Bob Dylan? If you like Bob Dylan, sure, that's a good deal. He's a legend. Chance to see the legend live one last time. I felt like that when I went to see Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah? Yeah. I felt like that when I went to see Gowan. Nice. <laughs> With Sticks last year. <laughs> <laughs> now, did they do any Gowan songs? No, not really. No Strange Animal, no Moonlight Desires, I no wish. Criminal Mind? I think he did like a, a brief segue into Criminal Mind. But I, I want Moonlight Desires. Who doesn't want Moonlight <laughs> Desires? That's what I want to hear. Absolutely. It's one of the greatest songs from the 80s. Yeah, I love it. Do you want to talk some sports? Let's get into it. It is ball junk, by the way. Indeed. So do you want to begin with uh, the NBA? Yes. All right. This is a... That is the hot topic and not yes. even playoffs. Bigger things to talk about first, I think. I think so. Continuing with this... Uh, unbelievable uh you know last month of uh, of basketball we uh uh we're paying very close attention to the golden state warriors and uh the uh, the magical season that uh that they've had and they concluded with a win over memphis to finish 73 and 9 which now breaks the record of the 95-96 Chicago Bulls. Yep. Which was 72 and 10. So, pretty amazing feat to only lose 9 games. Yeah. And when you think about the teams that they lost to, they could have probably won 76 games, you know, cuz they lost to the Lakers and the Clippers game they lost. It was they were foul. They were literally fouling constantly. Chris Paul fouled Steph Curry, the whole game. Right. And so did the, honestly, the Spurs game that they lost in San Antonio, San Antonio was getting away with murder too. So now to be fair, Golden State gets away with a lot. Of course. When, they uh, especially on their home court. But uh, I still, it, I'm glad they did. I They play basketball, a brand of basketball that's so entertaining. It's it, some, something you haven't seen since like the 80s, since Showtime, you know? Yeah, just their passing and even Steph Curry who can take some what would be by most accounts stupid shots that you would let. If someone took that shot on your team, you would be furious. 
Well, and how do you? But he when he makes it fifty percent of the time, how do you guard that you can't, guy? You can't. You can't. But he has bad games too, and other guys take over, and they just they have a great uh, sense of team team play, and everyone is accountable. And I, I mean, clearly the glue to that team is Luke Walton, <laughs> for sure. And uh, but yeah, it was uh, like so much fun to watch. I mean, I I watched more Golden State. Warriors games than Laker games, which I mean, really, it's um, even though I'm a fan of the Lakers, like I, I didn't want to watch what was happening uh, just because they were really bad, but uh, and you know, not entertaining. And when I watch games, I like to be entertained. Yeah. Uh, well, the Lakers, we got to Well, we'll talk about we'll get there. I, I was more of the D'Angelo Russell thing, too. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that, too. <laughs> but uh, Golden State. I'm glad they beat the Bulls, and I am a little sick of everyone saying, for some reason, what the Bulls did was more impressive or the Bulls are a better team. I really don't think they are. I, I don't understand. Well, it, that team has one. Do you think the Warriors couldn't account for two good players? They well, do that all the time. That's essentially what Oklahoma City is, and well, they beat them. Okay. All right. It was a different kind of basketball. 20 years ago than it is now. Um, now, I'm not saying that the, the Bulls were a better team. But on that team, they had four of the best perimeter defenders in the history of the game. With Jordan, who was the be- is the best defender. Pippen, Ron yeah. Harper, and um, Rodman. I mean, unbelievable uh, defensive game there. Now, and again, I'm not saying that they would be able to beat the Warriors. I think it would be like a hell of a basketball series, you know. And then when I hear people like, uh, was it Bill Wennington that came out and said that, oh yeah, we would we would sweep that team. Yeah. And when you think to all those Bulls championships, the six championships they had in that time, they never swept anybody. In the finals, <laughs> they never did. Bill Wennington, you're killing Canada right now. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> and it's like you know, like they never swept. You know, Barkley teams. They never swept the Utah. Utah. Like they didn't sweep anybody, so they're not sweeping and this I'm, team. I'm so sick of. Well, they didn't. Uh, Golden State. They don't have hand checking. Like hand checking changed the game. Into it. I mean, it's a small change. It's ridiculous to think that all of a sudden these guys would become paralyzed when hand checking comes to play guys dribbled around people when hand checking was involved you can still set screens hand checking doesn't uh i don't remember the year but i i don't remember the year where they took away hand checking as being this crazy year where scoring went up by uh 20 points a game it's not that big a deal i hate that that's the de facto response for why there it's not as hard now it's less physical sure but it doesn't mean they're not better at basketball it's ridiculous. You know, I, I think if uh, if these two teams in their prime were able to play a game where it was middle ground for the rules, um, then uh, you know, like obviously they're going to be entertaining games. I have a hard time betting against Michael Jordan in his prime. I. Golden State Warriors go back to nineties five ninety six rules. They play those balls. They destroy them. Absolutely massacre them would be my prediction. Wow. That's that's a bold <laughs> That's statement. also a statement of how athletics have progressed. Like 
everyone, everyone is so good. Bring Bill Wennington into this NBA and see how he does. Well, here's but you'd you'd be talking about in- Bill Bill Wennington. Take him from 1996, put him in this NBA. He's at best a bench player, and I don't even think that's well. Let's take the Steph Curry and put him in 1996. And who's guarding him? He's four years old. Anybody can guard <laughs> so him. Just, <laughs> but I, I just think it basket basketball is so the like Steph Curry shooting when he's what when he's covered is amazing. Yeah, you know it, it's you know just it's a different era. It's really hard to tell. But but anyway, what they did was an unbelievable feat and uh, like just a historic season. Now if if they can't follow it up in the playoffs, then it's really moot. One other thing, maybe this will be a ball ball junk uh, breaking feature here. Okay, I was listening to the Michael Rappaport podcast, and he was talking to I can't remember which baseball pitcher. He was interviewing him, and he played with Michael Jordan when he was in the minors. All right, and the way he was conversing with Rappaport, he w- they were watching the NBA Finals with Houston together. When he was doing that, and he was saying what Michael Jordan was saying, he was ultra competitive. He's like, "Man, if I if I was playing, or when I'm back, the way he said it was like when they let me back." He kind of alluded to the fact that he was actually suspended and not. Well, I think uh, everybody knows that that's probably what happened. I agree, but this really kind of let the cat out of the bag, and I can't. I'm surprised nobody ran with this story, huh. even considering a way like the the Jim Brewer ACDC thing. Right, lit up the internet. I yeah. I thought this was going to make some waves when I heard it, uh, but it sounded like it was kind of confirming the thoughts that he was not allowed to play basketball. Sooner or later, I think the truth will come out. <laughs> maybe when David Stern dies. Yeah, maybe it, it, it's it's kind of crazy though. Uh, so Warriors, good on you. We'll see if we uh, think they're going to win the championship though later on. When we uh, we go through the uh, the the playoff bracket, but, we pick the winners. But let's get to the thing we really need to talk about here: Kobe Bean Bryant single handedly set the record for most shots in a game since they kept track of the stat. Sure, shattering. Yes. Well, he beat Michael Jordan yeah. <laughs> by one. But congratulations, Kobe! Most shots in a game. Very proud of the man. Great performance. So what did you expect was going to happen? It was it was the last game of his career. It was in L.A. The game meant nothing to either Utah or the Lakers. Utah was not playing defense I know. at all. That pisses me. That's why I'm so pissed at the early game. Or First of all, Houston. If Houston loses, Utah can make the playoffs. Yes. So they're going to actually try in that yes. game. So that works out for Kobe. Yeah, which is fine. I don't, I'm I'm joking, right? Like honestly, when I watched the highlights, the way he played was actually good. Like it was impressive. In particular, the one fast fast break pass behind the back. Oh yeah, that was amazing. To Russell, oh like, who the went went through. That's the, the legs. stuff I want to see. Like I I will give credit where credit is due, and he played well. He just took a bajillion shots, and he still shot forty four percent. So I can't tear him down that much but but i mean like uh he wasn't calling for the ball but and you they were just giving him the ball and you know just he the fans wanted him to shoot every time yeah it's fine and that was really i mean it was a game for the fans i mean you could even call it 
it was an exhibition game almost and but and there's nothing wrong with that because again like the game meant nothing to anybody and it was just it was just like a, a celebration for the career of uh of one of the 10 greatest players to ever play the game i watched i watched the intro stuff i, I recorded the the game and watched all the introductions finales and all that stuff and it's amazing how i just see so much buried anger in everyone <laughs> like Shaq, Pau Gasol, and when he's doing his speech, like oh, we're, yeah. we're going to be friends forever. <laughs> I do not think they're going to be friends well, forever. I don't not. think Powell ever had a problem with Kobe. Oh yeah, big, I don't think so. Big time. <laughs> they're they're totally brothers. Um, but uh, I, I brothers. think I think I think all of all of those speeches and stuff. I mean, I th- I think the speeches were all about respect to his competitiveness yes. as opposed to him being a great guy. I mean, if you take Kobe Bryant out of out of off of the court, I mean, he's clearly an ass. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like he probably doesn't really even have very many friends. When you see it, I just whenever I'm watching him, you know, smile and put on this what what he thinks is a likable persona, it just it's so fake. I <laughs> well and the thing the thing that uh uh, what I thought was amazing is like he's such again the, the whole fakeness to it and 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 how he's all about business first. It's like you know he gives this nice speech to the crowd and then just casually says, "Well, Mamba out." Two minutes later, Nike T-shirts on sale with Mamba oh, out. Totally. Well, unbelievable. I for some reason I didn't even pick up on the other thing during that. He has a towel. Covering his Laker jersey, which is Body Armor Sports Drink, which is he's like in uh, one of their endorsements. <laughs> he's just total. He's one of the smartest, the most calculated. Ever. <laughs> Absolutely, everything that he did was calculated. And like, there's so much criticism out there about uh, you know how you know he was so selfish and uh, like he killed the Lakers and uh, because of the contracts. I mean, they gave him these contracts yeah i don't blame him for that at all i don't blame him for signing the contracts if they're gonna give him a dump truck full of money he's gonna take it i would take it and everybody that you know complains about kobe bryant every single person that complains about it and criticizes him in a split second would love to be kobe bryant and would step over their own mother (laughs) to be kobe bryant I would not do that. Yes, you would. I, I would you not. Absolutely would. If you had the opportunity to live the life of Kobe Bryant, you totally would. Because think how close you'd get to be well, to in, Anthony Davis. In some respects, it's do I have to be Kobe though? Do I have to have that attitude? Is that what it takes? You got to. You have or to want to win. Can I be me and have the lifestyle? That's the question. I think you. I think you got to be a dick. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I did not uh, feel the love between he and his wife afterwards either. Like it was kind of cold. Well, that's <laughs> their relationship. I assume is just based around money and lifestyle. Could be. You know, um, maybe they just put the act on for their children. Yeah, I mean, he seems fine with his kids, and I mean, I, I was surprised at. I didn't hear a lot of negative. I I don't think there should be a ton of negativity. I'm joking around because we have a a past about Kobe between us. Yes, but I, in general, I didn't hear a bad thing at all. And 
Well, I mean, like, like guys like uh, like Jason Whitlock from Fox was uh, doing his podcast, and he said it was disgusting. And really, yeah, there's the whole game and the whole performance of the whole thing, and it was just a travesty to the Lakers. The Lakers are a joke. Yeah, next season is going to be something completely different. Um, with how the, is like, that a travesty? To I, the, I, I I don't know. That's just what he was saying. And then, uh, if anything, these were the these were the the ideal years to tank your team oh yeah absolutely between golden state the spurs and the Cavs, they geniusly tanked uh, i i am not opposed to that strategy at all i mean if if you can do that without anybody ever accusing you of losing on purpose because you know that's what the 76ers got and everybody thinks the 76ers are a joke but but the lakers are a joke but they're just, they're I just think the bad. Pelicans are a bigger joke. They paid guys. They have a whole team that was injured or do not show a effort to the level I'd expect from a basketball team. And I mean, they're they're not helping their future by doing that in any way at all. It's it's it can only get marginally worse unless they make some major signings. So that to me is almost worse. Like they were trying and were that bad. Like they were, yeah. they were doing everything they could. That was their best hand. That wasn't like a, eh, we'll put this team out this year and we'll do better next year. We're like this, we, this is the best we can do. Yes. <laughs> and we were terrible. So, uh, whatever. Good for Kobe. I'm glad I'll never have to watch him play anymore. What a career though. 20 years with one team, five championships, third most points in the history of the game. And st- what an unbelievable player. I do res- respect the fact that he pl- played his whole career with the Lakers. I wish more players would do that, whether they win or lose. And the other thing, maybe Kobe, we say he's calculated. Maybe he's even more calculated than I ever thought. Like he, Could he, be. He's probably three steps ahead of whatever. I oh, would. I, I would think so. So I thought, oh, this will be the year that he you know, embraces being a team player. And isn't a, no, but it's perfect. Yeah. He's going to come back and be that. He will still have that. Fi- I think he's going to come back and not next season. No, no, I don't no. think so either. Or maybe like the second half of next season, see if he can help I, a team. I, I or, would think that, um, well, I think he would only come back to the Lakers. I think he wants that. That sixth. Oh, and I'm sure he does. But I, you know, I think next year when when Kevin Durant is playing there, and <laughs> and and Russell and and Randall are are just you know awesome, and Ben Simmons is a Laker, and and they're just you know, and towards the end of that season, whether they're finished eighth or not, but I think the season after that, you know, is when Kobe is going to come he back. Could. I I could see it happening. I hope it doesn't. I Tibbs think, is going to coach. It's going to be great. <laughs> they're not getting Tibbs. Oh, it's going to be but so he, wonderful. Uh, he went out relatively on top. I mean, he... 60 points. He was the worst three-point shooter in the NBA. and <laughs> I think he was the worst overall shooter. Yeah, he was like the worst player in the, the NBA. The worst player But in he NBA. scored 60 in his last game. And that's a good way to make people forget about that stuff. And, uh, and the fans loved it. Oh, they did. Uh, they just ate it all up. And I thought it was interesting that uh, they didn't get a quote from Jordan. No. And uh, the last quote was Jack. <laughs> I th- was he after Phil? Yes. Yeah? Jack oh, Nelson okay. was last. Okay. Yeah. But uh, uh, did you uh, did you watch, uh, like, 
um, during the the pregame, after the pregame ceremony and stuff, uh, the sideline ESPN sideline reporter I actually did an interview with Nicholson. He doesn't ever do that. Oh but, no, I didn't. I didn't. But he did one interview uh, for the sidelines because it was Colby's last game, and you know, and, and he like like Shaq said, you know, he was the greatest Laker ever. You know, Magic said he was the greatest Laker yeah. ever, and he said, you know, he he's gotten to see everything that Kobe's ever done. Except for that game against the Raptors, he gave his tickets oh, yeah? to his daughter, and he just because he didn't want to go because he didn't want to see the Raptors play. <laughs> he, missed, <laughs> he missed Kobe getting eighty-one, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, so many accomplishments. I will say this: I did some mock drafts or mock lotteries yeah. on ESPN. The Lakers win so much when i do it it's insane like well, more mean, more than their probability would dictate it's more they win like 50 percent of the, the ones that i do what is, what are their odds to getting the first pick it's 40 percent, isn't it no i no? think it's like uh less than that yeah. i mean they're the second worst team by far 20, 20 i think and philly has what chance i think 24 okay uh, one, so. no uh, uh 76ers are 25 lakers are 20 Celtics are 15. Because they have the Brooklyn pick. Yeah. Yes. But uh, no, I, I think the Lakers will end up with one or two. I'm, no, they'll probably get the first overall pick, which would be wonderful. I hope the Pelicans just slide right in front. Boom. See ya. But uh, I, I don't think, I actually don't think it's going to be too long before the Lakers are competitive again. Because they've got, they have money. And it's going to be really attractive for players to come I don't to Los think Angeles. It, I don't think so. I don't. Byron will be gone. They'll have a lot of good young players. I well, totally think. Most importantly, Kobe will be gone. Kobe will be gone. No one wants to play with Kobe. And so, that, somebody is going to get some. There, there are clearly basketball players out there that look at Los Angeles and think, okay, we've got the history, all this history with the Lakers. I get to be in Hollywood. I have all these other opportunities. The nightlife, the celebrities, all the money, all the, the locker endorsements. room, hidden tape, ha- hidden tapings. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't understand. You know that the whole thing is just so <laughs> weird. I think. Well, I think Powell will re- come back to LA next year. Could and I mean most of those guys. I mean, really, they they're only going to have like two players left. The rest I, of them would be gone. I I wonder if they trade D'Angelo Russell. It's pretty bad. Know. It's a pretty bad situation, but most of the team will be gone anyway. Well, so. if Nick Young is gone, I don't. I think they're going to yeah. keep the good young players. So Laker fans are going to forget about Julius Randall. They'll get a good draft pick. I don't think they're going to get Durant. I don't think that's possible. And they they're maybe gonna, make the, one other major signing. Uh, I don't know. Well, like what I said, it's not going to be long. I didn't mean that they're going to oh, finish know, right. first next season. Um, I just you know I think probably within the next three years they'll be fourth or fifth seed in the West again. Could be. I don't think it'll be too long. If Anthony Davis ends up there, I will snap. You'll become a Laker fan. <laughs> no. Come on. Never. How could you how could you not? I bleed Pelican blood. <laughs> <laughs> My whole life. I mean the last three years I bled Pelican blood. Uh so should we talk playoffs? Yes. Right? I okay. think we definitely uh need to talk playoffs. Because they start tomorrow night. Tomorrow afternoon, afternoon, 12.30. Uh, I don't know. East- I got I to say, though, the the uh, the teams that are in the playoffs, like 
they're all very exciting teams. For the for the most part, I I think the first round series are actually going to be pretty bad. Nothing seems too intriguing. I guess I'll say I have to stick with my gut here and say that Toronto will be upset by Indiana and <laughs> they will not make it out of the first round with Dwayne Casey as a head coach. Uh, I still is, is that where you want to start the Indiana Toronto series? Uh, yeah, let's do Eastern Conference, I yeah. guess. So, uh, Sean Dwyer is attending the Raptors game tomorrow. So, uh, just in case junk. he in case he doesn't have time to listen to the whole episode, he can at least get to the the preview for the series he's about to attend Game One for. He, is he, is he going to wear his Spurs hat? <laughs> I, I don't know. I hope so. He's not switching on his Spurs. He loves them so much. I'm pretty sh- sure he's going to show up with his Bruce Bowen jersey. <laughs> he would be a Bowen. That's his guy oh, for yeah. sure. Good call. Uh, but I Toronto's obviously a way better team. And I would make the caveat that if they do make it out of the first round, I think there's a good chance they win the East. Like, right. It, that the Winning the first round will tell me what I need to know when it comes to you know, playing a team for a seven-game series, and can uh, Dwayne Casey keep up with the other coaches and get control of his team enough that guys are not uh, dribbling with the ball for 20 seconds on the last possession of a game and chucking up garbage and hoping for fouls. And everything I've seen this year with the Raptors leads me to believe that has not changed. Right. They just happen to be making more of them this year. But in the playoffs, it's a little different, and... Uh, I I don't know why I got a hunch about Indiana and they'll finally get rid of Dwayne Casey. So yes, Raptors are the number two seed. Yeah, Pacers number seven. I like the Pacers aren't a pushover, and Paul George is back. He could uh, come out with a bit of a purpose this playoffs, and I think Frank Vogel is still a good coach. So he is a very good coach. So this who- is more like my I have to. I, I'm not rooting against the Raptors. I will be cheering for the Raptors. Right. But I've said it. I have to stick to my Dwayne Casey will not make it out of the first round of the playoffs prediction. I also picked Indiana to win the first <laughs> round. Yes, <laughs> I did. I certainly did. That's good. Uh, that's interesting that we both picked that. So uh, number one seed, Cleveland. They're playing uh, the eight seed, the Pistons. Uh, Detroit. Oh, sorry, Cleveland will yes. demolish them. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of turmoil going on in Cleveland right now. You know, the, uh, LeBron is not following his own team on Twitter. That's such a travesty, I guess. He is getting very weird. He is getting very bizarre. And, uh, like, you know, openly talking about not having Kevin Love and Kyrie around and, and playing with Melo and, and Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul. Yeah, it's... I mean, could you see him leaving Cleveland again? Well, Maybe. It's insane that he would even consider that. No, I, w- the one way, I, if they win this year, I could see it happening. Yeah. If he gives, like, brings a championship to Cleveland. So as a way to ease the... Or just, that's what he set out to do. He, he said, I want to bring a championship to Cleveland. He does that. I, c- I could see him leaving after that. Do you think, what's what's more likely to happen? Him leaving or... Him bringing in Mello, Chris Paul, and Dwayne Wade to Cleveland. I don't see those guys going to Cleveland. <laughs> but if they do all want to play together, I mean, Wade's a free agent, right? So he could go. 
uh, is he this year? I, I don't know, but uh, or I think he might be able to opt out. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, you know, and and having Irving and uh, Kevin Love as tradable assets. I well, can... they well they were talking about even at the trade deadline this year, Irving for Chris Paul, yeah. straight up or something along those lines. So, if you were the Clippers, would you do that? I would have for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Chris Paul's a better player, but clearly the Clippers are weird there's like there's problems there it's a, too. it's a it's a two alpha situation which doesn't seem to work and, you know, and, and it's funny though that um after seeing what happened between kobe and Shaq, and you know nobody is of any doubt that uh if kobe and Shaq had figured out a way to make it work um they probably would have had four more finals appearances mm-hmm. and maybe even another two or three titles and, um, you know, everybody blamed, again, Kobe for that because it was all about me, me, me. But you know, Shaq was the exact same attitude. You know, they were both the alpha dogs. They both wanted to be the man on that team, and neither one of them could figure out how to work with the other. I think if we go with a tiebreaker, I think technically, from what I remember, Phil Jackson blamed Kobe more. So In his book, he did, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> But they, I mean, if they had actually sat down and tried to figure it out, I mean, it's possible. You know, Derek Fisher would probably have seven or eight NBA titles. <laughs> it's, it's true. Uh, I would say though, like the two alphas is not seem to be wor- like I don't think it's working in OKC. I, I think I, I think it's going to be a problem in the playoffs. Too. It doesn't seem to work very well anywhere. The I only mean, case I can think of is like. Maybe Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, like they are alpha personalities when they were winning in Boston. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would say so. That I mean, Gasol didn't really have that yeah. personality. And uh, if anything's close to that situation in Golden State, it's Steph and Draymond. But I think they, Steph is, he's the score, like he's the score, he's the flash. Curry's. Like the emotional, or sorry, Draymond Green's the emotional leader, and they they kind of balance each other out. But they do. I could see those two becoming a problem at some point, unless they just keep setting records and winning every year. Then, you know, it's hard to argue with the results. Yes, I mean, and going back to Cleveland and Detroit, as much as I would love Detroit to pull off that upset, I mean, I love that coach. Yeah, you know, and uh, you but, should listen to the Rappaport podcast. He does a Stan Van Gundy. Oh, really? Impersonation too. That's quite good. Um, and then what else we got? Uh, we have Atlanta and Boston. That's the four or five seeds. Uh, uh yes, and I have Atlanta winning that series. I have the Celtics winning. Well, the Celtics lost home court over the last week, which uh, I, I don't know that. They had third, almost the third seed wrapped up not too long ago. and It was shortly after they beat Golden State. Yeah, which but. I predicted that night. I want to let you know. Okay. <laughs> and now I f- feel like Atlanta's been a little definitely under the radar. No question about that. Oh, yeah. But I think, uh, I think they got it. I think they got it in the bag. And then uh, Charlotte and uh, Miami. Whether Charlotte has a chance or not, it doesn't matter because the NBA will make sure Miami wins of the series. <laughs> and I think Miami will win the series. Um, so I have uh, Cleveland playing Boston. Either way, I'd assume we both have Cleveland. Cleveland winning. 
Going on there, yeah. And I have Miami playing Indiana, and I think Miami will win. Of course. And then everyone will get the Cleveland-Miami matchup that everyone wants yes. in the East. And then Cleveland. And Cleveland will, will win. We'll go and, to the uh, it's, uh, it's not as, The Eastern Conference is not as interesting. And I, as I mentioned, if Toronto does make it to the Eastern Conference final against Cleveland, I legitimately think they have a chance to beat Cleveland. Like, they've played them well almost yeah. all of the year and i think uh there's cleveland is not a perfect team there's cracks in that team and definitely uh problems within and i could see if if they're pushed too hard by lebron which he's doing a lot lately i don't think it's a case where they'll continually uh live up to that pressure or what's like negative reinforcement, I think they have a breaking point and they will just like, I think Kyrie is close in whatever. <laughs> I, I, I agree that they do have a lot of problems and, and they could snap, but I, I just think when it comes to playoff time, LeBron just has this capability to just figure it out and carry everything. And uh, that's just the type of player he is. And uh, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it. I, but uh, I mean, sure, there. Are, I, I could see the. I could see the Raptors beating them. I could even, in a way, see the Celtics beating them. But everything would have to go right for Boston, and everything would have to go wrong for Cleveland. Um, Western Conference, uh, Golden State top seed. They're playing uh, Houston, who snuck into the playoffs. One game. I was so close to my ultra bold prediction of what Houston wouldn't make the playoffs. Wouldn't make the playoffs. That's right. <laughs> So close, yeah. so angry. Oh, before we uh, move into that, uh, what what was your biggest surprise in the Eastern Conference? In the Eastern Conference, uh, I I guess Charlotte, like they kind of came out of nowhere. I I would I don't say even how know shitty their entire the Bulls roster. Were. Oh, that that's a good one. That was a big surprise to me. I did not think they would be that bad, and and really, like, did did they have that many injury issues? Uh, I don't know, but clearly people underestimated the value of Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, like, definitely. Insanely. And I guess one of the problems was, I don't remember exactly why. It, it was partial injury, I think, but Noah had pretty much been removed from the lineup. And That's true. There were times in the past where he played as a point, point center, essentially, and he kind of distributed their offense in a lot of the ways uh, – or the offense ran through him in a lot of the ways it does through Draymond Green sometimes for, for Golden State. And to just uh, to ditch that, it's, I don't know, he's a good player. You can, no, his will to win has always been there. So it's weird that I guess it is some injury stuff, but it, there's some weird stuff going on there. So they're going to get dismantled pretty much, I think. So, I think so too. And I, Porzingis was definitely a surprise. I did not yeah. expect him to be that good. At all, what what are some of his nicknames? He's got good ones. I would assume Zinger. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> Portsa pie, but uh, <laughs> Rappaport probably <laughs> probably knows them all. He, he loves Porzingis. And uh, I'm trying to think, East. I'm I'm still surprised that Hassan Whiteside has been as good as he has. Like he kind of came out for out from nowhere last year, and his numbers have still been ridiculous this year. So. Yeah, I think even Toronto, 
DeRozan has improved to a degree that I never thought he would. It is like a pre-contract year, but he is aggressive and has is playing the way I've always wanted him to play. So good for him. There you go. So Golden State, State Houston. I I have a hint, a suspicion, like Houston could be frisky. I don't think I, so. I'm getting shades of... I feel like Golden State is getting maybe a little high on themselves right now. There's too much shit going on with Harden and I, I agree, ultimately. There could be shades of Golden State versus Dallas that one year where they upset the right. Fight, but I do not think that will happen. Golden State. Yeah. I and think. I'll be very happy to see Houston get bounced. They're useless. I hate Houston. I hate everything about that team. This is this next matchup is the one that I'm actually most interested to hear you talking about. Oh, I think uh, Clipper, okay. Clippers and Trailblazers. Uh, Clippers. You're picking the Clippers? In a dominant fashion. Really? Yes. Although, I feel like Dame Lillard always shows up against Chris Paul. Like He always has felt like he's had a chip on his shoulder against Chris Paul since he came into the league. Portland had a hell of a season, though. I know. I agree. I just... I think there's just too much shit with the Clippers. I mean, like they all hate each other. I don't think they do. But what what's up with Blake? Man, he's a, a moron. <laughs> I agree with that. But I think he I get Chris Paul do not like each other. I think. Uh, well, I think it's more Draymond and Chris Paul do not. Or not Draymond. Uh, DeAndre. De- DeAndre and Chris Paul have a. a there's thing. an issue there too. But I, I have a good feeling about the Clippers. I think they're going to do well. Yeah, and I yeah I think they're going to. I don't know. I I, I have a better feeling about. The I just Chris pa- Chris Paul is so good. I just I, I he has to do something good in the playoffs. He's due. He is just due. Yeah, but that's not a good enough reason. People, I know. Due. Well, believe me, my my predictions uh, are heavily hunch based. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and this hunch is. All right. Clippers are going to do very well. And I think a little resurgence from Blake in the playoffs. Uh, How many people is he going to punch in the face? No. you. We don't know what that guy said. That's <laughs> like everyone. So see, bl- is blame blaming. the victim. That's what you do. No, blame I, the victim. I want to know what happened at that conversation. And see, I'm not saying I would punch someone in the face. <laughs> I'm not a very aggressive person in that regard, but you got to know what your friends are like too. I know friends of mine that when, you know, if they were close to the edge, I would not keep pushing them. So if they're as tight as they say they are, it seems it's very rare that friends do something that you wouldn't expect. Like, I don't remember a friend doing something. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Right. Like they are who they are. So have a hidden camera and record your conversations. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I don't know. I just and, and, uh, to- and goad you into <laughs> punching them in the face. <laughs> Total hunch. I'm going Clippers, and All we'll right. see how far my hunch takes me. Then we got uh, OKC and Dallas. I would love it if Dallas somehow beat this team, but not going to happen. OKC. I think. I think the magic of Dirk is. Coming to an end. Ibaka is going to massacre him. I, yeah. I have Dallas or uh, OKC in a sweep easily. Yeah, I have I have uh, OKC going over easy. And then uh, San Antonio 
And um, who the heck is it? Memphis. Memphis. Again, like, you know, every year, you know, Memphis gets into the playoffs and everybody says that they're going to be a tough team to beat and they just never seem to get anywhere. Well, they, they are usually a tough team to beat. A lot of their games go seven series, but they just can't get over the hump ever. No. And I lo- I like Memphis a lot. I don't know why. I just have a a strange you don't like affinity them in, for in this them, series, though. No, the no. Spurs are the class of the NBA. And I mean, pretty impressive that uh, Golden State beat them at home. You know, considering oh, yeah, for sure. You know, that was their one loss. I I it's tough to pick against the Spurs any year. How they are so good? How unbelievable would it be for to be like a season ticket holder with the Spurs? Because <laughs> you know. only lose once. But I I don't like that almost. <laughs> but it's like you know, I I wonder what it would be like. But you leave losses happy. build carry. <laughs> you leave happy, and the one loss is against the best team in the league, and 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 Steph Curry. I mean, like, but isn't that worse? Like fun, you had though. a chance to beat the record, and you blew it. Well, yeah, but the one time you know, and then when when they did beat uh, uh, the Warriors, you know, Iguodala didn't play. You know, like the Warriors did not have their best out there, you know, and, and that was their loss to San Antonio. But uh, I don't know. That would that would be so much fun, I think. Because you don't want your home team to – you don't want your team to lose. If I you say go that, to the but game. I, I'm thinking if the Bills won every game I went to. You'd be pretty happy. I would be very happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be happy, happy every game. Yeah. And I'd be very happy in the parking lot after the game. Well, and, that's what I mean. Like you know, it, and it's cold, and you know, when you're finally heading home, you you get back into your your warm vehicle, and you got a big smile on your face as you're hitting the border. I mean, that's yeah, what a great feeling when you pass out at eight o'clock. Sure, it's happy pass out, yeah. not a sad pass no, out. No, you're not. You're not angrily drinking. <laughs> you're cel- drinking like in a celebratory manner, and that's the best way to drink. Yes. So, yeah. No, I I. Totally change your mind. You're, just, you're drinking beers as opposed to doing shots of straight gin. <laughs> Maybe a bit of both. Maybe a bit of both. But uh, yeah, it would be amazing. Yes. But uh, so uh, second round, um, San Antonio, uh, OKC. I have San Antonio going over. As do I. I feel this is where the the final sp- splinter or wedge is uh, hammered in between Russell and KD. Could be. He's leaving. A lot of people say he's not. He was going to do a, are predicting a one year contract so that when they, there's a projected cap jump that's enormous, that would be better to sign the year after, which I think could happen too. I want to see them split up. I yeah, it's just it's gotten a little old to mix it up a bit. And uh, and then I have Golden State over Portland. I have the Clippers over the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> You're drunk. Already. This they are the te- they give them trouble every time they play, and you think they're going to beat them four times? Golden State. Lo- of- Golden State lost nine games all season. I know, and it's a lot of those losses came in the last few weeks. Well, yes, but and one it, of them was against the Clippers. But in the Eastern Conference, you were. Flat out saying that the the NBA and the referees are going to want that Cleveland <laughs> Miami that's conference true. final like they're not going to want the Clippers I, to beat the I Golden admit, State Warriors. Look, I admit it. I'll admit two things. One, this is a hunch pick. Two, this 
what's the if I'm just going to predict Golden State's going to win, where is the fun in that? True. Anyway. It's, well, it's boring. It's no, the, the the fun is is your uh, is your early is it your your preseason predictions. Your your ultra bold <laughs> predictions. That's the fun. Well, right? I guess I'm incorporating an ultra bold prediction into this and injuries can happen too. Like weird things can happen. Sure. And yes. I hey, look, if the Clips are in the the Western Conference Finals, yeah. Just remember where you heard it first. That's true. And if and if uh their bus goes into the San Andreas and uh, <laughs> and they you know they all die. Then yeah, the Clippers can win too. Okay. Um. Anyway, so then I have a uh, I do have Golden State beating San Antonio, which like I want there to be a, a seven game Golden State San Antonio Look, series. If that happens, Golden State versus San Antonio would be an amazing series. Yeah. I if that happens, I have no problems. I can't wait for that to happen. I, I would prefer San Antonio to win that, even though like I don't necessarily like San Antonio, but there are things about that team that I just I I respect and I enjoy watching, and uh, you know just to to see you know Pop win another championship and not smile, you know, and and, and be grumpy while holding that championship trophy is amusing. Best case scenario for me, San Antonio wins that series to the and causes the Golden State Warriors to engulf themselves in, in flames. They're, they hate each other all of a sudden. Harrison Barnes leaves. Something else happens. All these Finally, the Warriors are now on the decline rather than the greatest team ever. Spurs, well, we did it all. Three of them retire. They're coming down a bit too. And now it's a little bit more of a level playing field in the Western Conference. So then that means it's quicker for the Lakers to get back. Exactly. And the Pelicans. (laughs) That's what I hope's happened. But what is going to happen is the Clippers are going to beat the Spurs and go to the NBA Finals. Ultra bold. And they beat them last year. Let's not forget that. Yes. Only because they had home court advantage. You think... Did they? Oh yeah, because oh yeah, they yes. because the Pelicans beat the Spurs in yeah. last game of the season. That's right. But, <laughs> but so uh, that's the only reason that San Antonio it, lost that series. It is good, but ha- San Antonio is a better team this year than the than the they were last year, and the Clippers aren't really all that much better. I know, but I still feel like they've underachieved every year. Huh? Again, hun- total hunchback. And then, so who's your your final? Is the Clippers versus the Cavs? The Cavs with. I, deb- I deliberated a lot about this. Really, I like in terms of my hunch and uh, predictory abilities. Part of me is saying Cleveland wins and LeBron boots and, and goes to L.A. Hit, yeah, and the or goes to the Lakers. somewhere something happens. But I, I'm going with my hunch. I feel the Clippers are the world champions this year. I will bet you. That the Los Angeles Lakers will win an NBA championship <laughs> before, the, before Cli- the Clippers will. That could very well be. I I just look. I got a gut feeling. I got right. I got to go with it. Sometimes and, you got to trust your gut. And I, you know, I, I, you could. Everyone else, it's one of three teams: Spurs, Warriors, Cavs. Maybe you know. That's I, it. I just I want to see. Cleveland, Miami, Golden State, San Antonio. So that's, do I. That's what I and want to see. I will not be complaining if I'm wrong and that happens. But if in terms of just doing a prediction, I'm going to go Eclipse. I'm I want to see the referees just 
like like their heads explode because they don't know who to give the calls to oh, in I, those matchups. <laughs> One thing to think about too, which does bode well for the Spurs, Joey Crawford is retired now. They don't have to deal with a game with Joey Crawford. Oh, no, that's the, true, yes. Uh, I will say this. I don't know if you follow this on Twitter. Great Twitter follow. Excuse me. Oh, a- dear. <laughs> NBA ref stats. I do not. And they they always report. So uh, these two teams are playing. This team has won the last, and it'll be a ridiculous number. It'll be, has won the last 15 times this ref is ref them. This is your Twitter feed? No, no. Someone, it's someone else's. This is you doing the NBA refs? <laughs> not, not at all. You're the one behind this? Let, let me give you an example here. This is like, this is your bread and butter. This oh, is, I love this it. This is your wheelhouse, man. It, and they don't, it's not like they're, they only tweet it out if it's a really uh, juicy stat. Now, I believe the Celtics, I'm just looking at this. The Celtics came back from a 26-point deficit in their final game of the season. Earlier that day, NBA ref stats posted, Celtics host Heat in season finale, and Brian Forte will officiate. Boston has won their last 10 with Forte refing. Hmm. I mean, there's. it's just some, it's more the incredulity of the numbers in these stats, how many t- times a team has won with a certain ref, so... It's a it's a great little Twitter. Hey, they got five thousand followers. It ain't just me. All right, get ready. <laughs> I can't wait for the NBA t- Twitter ref stats. And it is not me that runs this account. I, uh, if you say so, man. I I do not have the time and effort to put into that Twitter account. So fair enough. All right, and who do you have winning the f- the final? I have Golden State winning. Okay. Yes. Which obviously I could see happening. Well, I, I mean, it would just be a disaster of epic proportions if they were to win 73 games in the regular season and not be able to win 16 in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think so. But a season like that, now they've dealt with the pressure well. But now there is the pressure as well of now that you've done that, you have to win the championship too, or that'll always be the, the, but it, the, but when they talk about that record of who the greatest team is, the bulls were 60 or 72 and 10 and they won the championship. So you have to, you have to finish it. I, that's true. But when I sit back and then I look at the golden state warriors and I look at Steve Kerr and I look at, you know, or Luke Walton and, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, I don't see a lot of stress in their faces. I don't see a lot of pressure on their furrowed brows. I, I do agree. That's I just, true. They have this, it just this relaxed attitude of let's just go out there and play some fun basketball. Let's shoot the ball. That's you know that's that's just what they do, and you know it's they just they don't seem to let anything get to them. You know when they lost to the Lakers, I mean, all right. You know, and then they turn around, and I can't remember who they beat right after that. But, uh, you know, they, they lose a game to the Spurs, and then they have a home at home almost with the Spurs at, at the end of the season. They beat them both times. Yeah, no. It's I, impressive. It is. They're very, and they just, look, they, they're obviously fucking amazing. Yeah, not, just, so. Nothing seems to get to them, and that's, you know, I, I just have a hard time thinking that, you know, Anything is going to get to them. You know, next season, who knows what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, 
it's uh it's just been one hell of a year of basketball i i it has been but it also hasn't been just uh, no other the parody yeah, yeah like no I, other team is relevant and that's why i have a feeling after a season like that that's also part of my clippers hunch that it seems so pre everything about this playoff seems so predetermined already i i feel like if you looked at everyone's bracket kind of kind of the way ncaa brackets got destroyed this year like, i feel like everyone's would be so similar for the nba yeah playoff True. tree it would just they would all be the same and i just when when sports head in that direction when everyone when everything feels like a foregone conclusion something happens something changes so that's my hunch on uh this year's playoffs fair enough that's all. i guess that's uh, all i got you know we'll we'll see what happens but uh i'm i'm looking forward to the playoffs definitely looking more forward to the second round <laughs> the first round is is well, not very appealing. You know, that's true. I was about to make uh, an amazing point, and it just it just disappeared. I, yeah. don't, I don't remember what it was about, <laughs> but it was genius in my head. As I'm hoping at some point during this podcast, it's gonna okay come back right. to me. But uh, oh yes, I just remembered what it was. Um, so Kobe Bryant, twenty seasons. Five championships, all with the same team, did his retirement tour this year. Do you know who else did that exact same thing? I don't know. Derek Jeter. Oh, did it twenty se- twenty seasons with the Yankees, five championships, did a retirement tour. Yeah, I was thinking too, it was exactly twenty years after the Bulls set the record that the Warriors beat the record too. There you go. A lot of twenties. A lot of twenties. So everybody all- loves Derek Jeter. Everybody <laughs> celebrated him with every game that he played, and, and but everybody is like shitting on Kobe. I mean, like the di- Kobe had his issues with his teammates. I mean, there were, the Yankees, you know, might uh, have won a couple more championships if he and A Rod had gotten along. There was clearly is that true? I've never heard that. They had issues. They did not like each other. Yeah, Aaron's a dude. Well, yeah, I'm, and Jeter's a good guy. But, so but why is Jeter a good guy? This is a guy that you know every girl, Flanders. every guy, every girl that he took home, he, he gave a gift basket to. I believe me, I, I memorabilia. I do. I do not see the universal appeal of Derek Jeter either. So, uh, but it's just you know, one is glorified, one is vilified, and you know, I mean, yes, Jeter was not, uh, as far as I'm aware, accused of rape. Well, I, I think I, as much as I have joked about that, I do not think Kobe raped that girl. Like, based on what I remember happening at the time, it felt like... He cheated on his he wife. He cheated on his wife. Yes. No, and I, something probably happened in that room that shouldn't have happened. But yes, I agree. And, you know... But the difference is, Kobe was married, yes. and he puts on this... Again, it's this fake outer uh media person he puts out that is clearly not the real person and i think when people see the real kobe when they see his post-game interviews when he's swearing and angry you just see like that's that's the real guy and when i see that i like him too i'm like i just wish he was like that all the time and and didn't it's when he tries to be the person he's not that it's a problem whereas jeter i think he is who he is and there is no weird shell he's not I don't think he's gone out of his way too much to be in the media or 
like he didn't orchestrate that farewell tour. I think it was the other teams doing it. Like he had right. no choice. Right. He, he can't like say, oh, sorry, I'm not interested. He he's just paying respect to the fans. It didn't feel like it was something he was relishing in or whereas it felt that way with, I, I don't think Kobe did either. Right. Uh, because he obviously took nights off. And he, he, Kobe didn't really get any presents. Derek Jeter no, got presents. Exactly. And like the Blue Jays gave him the shittiest present. What was their present? I don't know. It was like a painted photo, or I can't remember well, what it was. It was either oh, way. Yeah, it was something weird, like Aboriginal <laughs> something or other. You know. Either way, I think the farewell tours are lame. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like this is a new thing, like. Ghostbusters Day and Aliens Day and every movie having a, a, a day that all of a sudden every year whose farewell tour is it this year and it's it's lame you know and then you know this year you know like uh, a guy by the name of Tim Duncan who's also probably one of the 10 greatest players to ever play the game and is constantly compared with Kobe could retire and like nothing all year and he'll you know? go out and he'll just be like see that's how you do it and he's got five championships. And again, he'll eclipse Kobe by doing nothing. I don't know if he'll eclipse him by doing it. He'll just be different. Now, imagine he wins a championship and then doesn't build up any hype, just strolls away. I just think people are going to love that. Well, it's true. I just think the reason that happens is there's not that many people that care about Tim Duncan. Oh, I think they do. Compared to Kobe Bryant. Now, if Tim Duncan played didn't play in San Antonio, Texas. And if he'd played in Boston or New York or Los Angeles, then, you know, I think there'd be a lot more about who Tim Duncan as a player. I think person it, is. If, if the Spurs win the championship and he walks away, you'll be seeing a lot of pieces about how, Oh, of course. Tim Duncan did it better than Kobe. And he's no, it'll be Tim Duncan did it better than anybody. Potentially. Yeah, yes. that's true. That's true. So, Time will tell. He just, you know, the only issue I've ever had with Tim Duncan is oh, he complains about his, every foul, and his, it's gotten worse over his time. His shoulder shrug and like the look of astonishment on his face. Yeah, I can't say I love everything about the Spurs. I respect them, love Pop, but some of their behavior on court is embarrassing. Yeah. In particular, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Tim Duncan. <laughs> they are an embarrassment on the court. But you like T- Kawhi and oh, yeah, I love Aldridge him. for sure. All right, but Tony Parker. Like, if if I had to look back on that reel of myself, not in, obviously. Oh, he won! He won so many championships. He falls down like it's pathetic how much he flops on the floor and just couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. Yep, he does it a lot. Oh yeah, and he picks and chooses. Make no mistake. He can, he can get hit and not fall down anytime he wants. It's a joke. Anyway, so that's, that's your NBA champion, Los Angeles Clippers. If that happens, that would be the worst NBA playoffs ever. We'll see. If the Clippers won. You're just such a Chris Paul apologist, man. I'm like Chris apologist. You know what's and then God, having to hear interviews with fucking Doc in that voice of his. Yeah, I do hate Doc. Oh my god. Oh, it did remind me of this is I'm surprised I've never heard this before and I never realized it until this week. And maybe it's something everyone else has realized and I've just I've been in a dummy the whole time. Probably. Is it weird that 
the Warriors, their star player is Steph Curry, and their head coach is Steve Kerr. Like, it's a remix of both names. That's really not that weird. That is weird. That's not weird. Steve Kerr, Steph Curry? Is it weird? They're no. like the same name. Just It's like the, the old man version. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird to me. It's not. Steve Kerr, not Steph all. Curry. It's not They're that so, weird. That's weird. I thought you were going to go somewhere that had to do with food, with curry. No, no. It's no. They both are cur- variations of Kerr and Steve. Yeah. I think that's fucked up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Super fucked up. Fair enough. I've just never heard anyone mention that before. And I don't think anyone <laughs> would think to mention something like that. I love it. But uh, you know what would be the worst thing ever is to be listening to a conversation between Doc Rivers and Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Stan Van Gundy. Yeah. But Stan Van Gundy is similar to Doc Rivers. Right. So that is a way better counterbalance for the worst conversation yes. of all time. Can we throw Sterling Sharp in there too? We can. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he he also has that voice too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's that's a, I think you're right. I think that's an excellent uh observation. My dinner with Dikembe. It'd be a good movie. Good starring Wallace Shawn. You do love My Dinner with Andre. How do you not love it? I love it too. Um, and you've seen—I think I've asked you this before. You've seen my breakfast with Blast. Oh right? yes, okay. yeah, yes, I have. <laughs> um, so the NBA playoffs are, are not the only playoffs that are going on right now as we speak. The NHL playoffs have also started, and uh, the first time since 1970, I believe, that no. Canadian teams are in the playoffs. And they were eliminated pretty early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. TSN is just, they're in a tailspin. They don't know what to do. It's not TSN. Well, no, sp- I know. Sports that paid, paid $12 billion for the rights to the NHL. I know. I'm just even talking Sports Center when. Oh, oh I see. Every, they have a beat reporter for every Canadian team, yeah. and it's just. You know, I they, mean. They usually, right now, they're just loving talking about hockey. I. Uh, I'm assuming Sidney Crosby will be probably the, the guy the, they follow through the playoffs. And then the then the World Hockey Championship start and they'll they get to air those games. Yeah. So that'll be their focus as well. And then it's almost NHL draft central. Oh yeah. <laughs> well and you know and it does suck that there are no Canadian teams and and like six of those Canadian teams were really, really bad this year. Well, no, okay, five. Ottawa wasn't that bad. Um they had some issues. You know, the, the the Canadians won like 16 of their first 19 games, and then Carey Price got hurt. You know, he's the best goalie in the league and their best player. Um, they had some serious injury problems. I mean, there were, like, I didn't watch an entire Habs game from beginning to end at all this year. Like, one time I put the game on and they scored a goal, and I didn't know who scored it. I never heard of the guy, and I didn't know who the two people getting assists were. <laughs> and I'm I'm like, who are these guys that are playing on this team? Like, like, none of them had ever played for the Bulldogs before, so I had no idea who they were. And it's it's hard to be engaged in, well, in something where you just have no idea what's happening. Well, I've never been a huge NHL regular season guy. I mean, I bandwagon on the the Sabers once in a while if right. they're, if they're 
doing well or something like How that. How do you feel about Jack Eichel? He's pretty good. He is a good player. He, McDavid's definitely better. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's he's good. And I go to a game once in a while. But playoffs, I I used to love the first round of the NHL playoffs. It it was so exciting. But this year, haven't really watched anything. And well, he, even though I'm not Mister GoPro Canada, I think that. It is a different vibe not having Canadian teams in the playoffs. Absolutely. I like if I go out to a, a bar or something like that. Like last night, went out and uh, normally NHL playoffs, it would be the game would be on. There would be fans for one of the Canadian teams there, and there'd be an excitement at least. There'd be lots. It was of nothing. Wings being eaten and well, beer being. There was still and- a bit weird, <laughs> weird wings and beer, but the like jerseys. The excitement level was nothing. No, yeah, it's it's a it's a completely uh, different environment. It's very strange because you know even if you know I would say that for like Calgary Flames fans, if if the Oilers were the only team in the playoffs and they were you know doing well in their move, like a lot of them would be excited. They may not like the Oilers throughout this regular season and and you know and flat out hate them, but you know when. It just seems to be whenever there's a Canadian team left, Canada just kind of seems to get behind that one team the majority of the time. And you're right; it's it's a it's a very strange um, thing that's happening right now. And like you know, when I turn on you know Sports Center or whatever, yes, they they still lead with watch. Well, no, that often they lead with the Blue Jays. Yes, um, but you know, there's still you know, a lot of hockey talk because there are a lot of players that are Canadian, but it's just, it's very odd. And this will be your opportunity to watch the first round of the NHL playoffs because the NBA playoffs first round is not going to be that exciting. Is that you think? Yeah, no, well, I'll still watch some hockey here and there, but not, uh, not super intrigued. So let's, uh, let's go over our, our, our bracket here and we'll start with the Eastern conference again. And, uh, Best team in the East uh, is the Capitals this year. They've been very good, and Ovechkin has had a, a hell of a season. Um, they do seem to be cursed when it comes to the playoffs. You know, like so many times, they've had series leads, and they just absolutely blow it, and they they just crap out, and that just seems to be their thing. And well, the infamous Bruce Boudreaux years, yes, where they were always awesome and lost in the playoffs and now i didn't even realize it swiss chalet b- closest to where i work apparently i don't know if bruce boudreaux is a part owner or he's from st Catharines. his picture is plastered everywhere at the swiss chalet on the bar side that's exciting i know it's so now i i wish i could cheer for B- bruce boudreaux what's your favorite thing about swiss chalet see i have a outside the box answer for this Oh, well, I'm very intrigued about this. <laughs> I've, I actually posed the same question to my friend while we were eating Swiss Chalet. I said, what is the best thing about Swiss Chalet? And I, you want it? You ready? Oh, I'm, I'm ready. The consistency. Huh. <laughs> it is very consistent. I know what I'm going to get here every time, and I know I'm going to love it. Wow. Are you, are you a fan of poutine? I am, but I don't get it there. Nah. This is what you need to do. Have you ever? Uh, I was in the. Uh, this was, this was last summer, and it was before one of my ventures to the drive-in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I believe it was when I went to see the outstanding combo of San Andreas <laughs> and Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Which was a great one-two punch. Yep. So I stopped at the uh, the Harvey's Swiss Chalet, which, which is, is right the, outside the Seaway Mall. Which is the best Harvey's in the world because you get Swiss Chalet fries. Right. <laughs> so their poutine, um, they said, would you like gravy or would you like the chalet sauce i'm not a chalet sauce. really <laughs> yeah but i can see it was their fries with the cheese curds covered in the chalet sauce as interesting opposed to gravy. and it was unbelievable wow yeah you're not a fan of the sauce eh that seems to be the thing that everybody likes i know about but it, chalet. it's weird even though i'm not a fan of it every time i go i have a little bit more yeah like i all <laughs> I, i'm like I never give up on it. One day, I will love it. Just not there yet. So, okay. So, for the people who aren't in Canada and are listening to us talk about Swiss Chalet, they have no idea what we're <laughs> yes, talking Swiss about. Swiss Chalet is a a chicken restaurant a, with a, roti- rotisserie chicken. Rotisserie chicken. <laughs> in Canada, where you get, uh, you know, half a chicken or quarter chicken white or dark meat with, with fries, fries, mashed potatoes, you can get steamed vegetables. They have really tasty ribs. Yeah, they have as ribs. well. Now they've introduced rotisserie beef as well. Uh, crazy! I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> but they are known for their weird s- sauce. What like is they're, the they're, f- It's a chicken. It was a. It's a chicken sauce. Like it's. I think it's made with like. I think there's paprika and there's it's chicken fat and uh, like other spices in it. But it's it's thick and kind of like a an auburn color. Yeah. And is that. Would you say that's the Swiss thing about Swiss Chalet? Like that's I have a Swiss no idea. Fl- I always assumed the sauce is the Swiss thing about it. I just I just assumed the name was, you know, you, you go to eat the chicken when it's cold outside after you've been skiing. You go into the chalet oh, in Switzerland. See, see, I thought the flavor of that sauce I've always associated with Switzerland. I don't believe so. No. They're most famous about chocolate. And knives. And knives. And smurfs. <laughs> I think Smurfs so, yeah. are Swiss. Nice anyway. little Swiss chalet deep dive. Yeah, but yeah, you should if you if you're adventurous, try the Harvey's poutine with the chalet sauce. All right, think about it, chew on that for a while. All right, so the Capitals are playing the Flyers in the first round. The Flyers squeaked into the playoffs in the uh, the last game or the second last game of the regular season. I, I don't think the Flyers can beat the Capitals. I just don't think they have the team to do it. Yeah, I don't have a lot of insight on these things, but I have some predictions, and I uh, would say Washington as well. Um, and then you have uh, the Penguins playing the Rangers. Um, Henrik Lundqvist got hurt in the first game. Did his- not know that. So, um, And the Penguins did beat them in their first game as well. 5-2, I think. Yes. Um, and the, the Penguins have been amazing the second half of the season. Yes. So uh, I have the Penguins. Eliminating the Rangers, as do I. Um, and then in the uh, the the other side of the uh, Eastern Conference, Florida Panthers, Yager time. What an unbelievable season, Yager! What is he like? Sixty two years old. I think he's f- only forty two or something. That man, I like. I was reading an, an, an article uh, about him, and like after every game, forty four, I think. He continues to do cardio and training and, and 
and like he just he's constantly working out and i think that's the only way he's able to actually continue to play like like he might be the fittest man in the world maybe i I'll, when i think of him i think of the pictures that have been posted of him with young ladies he's the man <laughs> and he's like you know via instagram he rocked like- a great mullet for many years yeah you know the yager hair um, so the Panthers are playing the Islanders. I have the Panthers going over. I do too, but that's the one where I could see the Islanders winning. And then uh, Tampa Bay and Detroit. Uh, you know, every year Detroit just seems to get uh, a little bit older. And uh, and although Tampa Bay has had some issues with Drew in this year, and uh, no one seems to know what's going to happen with Steven Stamkos, I still think Tampa Bay is going to take out the Red Wings. Uh, I have Detroit. All right. So then in the in the second round there, the battle for me, the battle of Florida, uh Panthers over the Lightning. I have that as well. But you have the uh, Panthers over Detroit, yeah. Detroit. And then uh I have the Penguins over the so Capitals. Again, your uh Sidney Crosby rips the heart out yeah. of and takes out Ovechkin. Yeah. Um and then I have Pittsburgh over the Panthers. So do I. Right. <laughs> in the the West um, Dallas taking on uh, Minnesota. Um, I have Dallas in that series. Me too. Uh, an interesting one between uh, St. Louis and Chicago. I mean, the Blues have a hell of a team, um, but the Blackhawks have been consistently good for so long, and they have Patrick Kane, and they have Jonathan Taves, and uh, they have... Uh, Corey Crawford. I almost called him Joey Crawford <laughs> in that. And uh, the goalie for the Blues used to be Crawford's backup in Chicago. Hmm. I believe I have that right. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, um, what's, the, what's the word? The, uh, the, the, the student. master versus apprentice? Yeah, yeah. So, but... Uh, I don't know. When it comes to playoff hockey, I have a hard time betting against uh, the Blackhawks, especially in this matchup with the Blues. I have uh, St. Louis winning. You're going to be wrong. I don't think so. Right. Um, Anaheim uh, in Nashville, I like as much as Bruce I... Bruce Boudreaux, yeah, St. Catherine's own. I, I, I don't see Nashville having much of a chance here. And then uh, the Kings and the Sharks. I know the Sharks won the first game, but the Sharks, just like the Capitals, when it comes to the playoffs, they just something bad happens to them and they just fall apart. Yes, they've they've had a th- three they had a three zero lead on the Kings. Was it two years ago? Yeah, and they choked. Yeah, but Joe Thornton's beard, I had not <laughs> seen it in a while. It is insane. Yeah, it is the most monstrous beard. But he's gonna lose. He's like he's like one of the best players that can't seem to get. Into a good situation. Yeah, he, which is cursed. Yeah. Um, so I have the Kings over the Sharks. Me too. Um, I uh, the Battle of California. <laughs> it's isn't it weird that this year in in the playoffs we could have another Battle of California and a Battle of Florida in the NHL playoffs. Yeah, and we could have a Battle of California in the NBA playoffs too. Clippers, that's a, a little more. It just seems strange. Oh, for, yes, all for these hockey, sunny, yes. sunny cities, you know. 
that's why it, again it's just not the uh, the best season for playoff hockey. So I have uh I have the Ducks over the Kings. I want to see my boy Bruce Boudreau. I want to see his smiling face, Stanley Cup champion at Swiss Chalet right. in St. Catharines. But I can't do it. Kings. Picking the Kings, eh? Yeah. Uh, and then I, I have uh, the Ducks over the Blackhawks because I, I have the Blackhawks beating I have Dallas. Dallas going through, and I have Kings in the final. Against the Penguins. And continuing the alternation of Kings, Blackhawks, Kings, Blackhawks. Kings. Kings winning. <laughs> yeah. I have the Ducks winning yeah. over the Penguins. Rudro. Yeah, I know. You're excited <laughs> we'll about that. We'll go to that. Chalet. Woohoo. Maybe he'll bring the Stanley Cup there. Exactly. Oh, we'll drink Chalet sauce out of the cup. <laughs> and then vomit. <laughs> that would be amazing. That actually could happen. Based on how many pictures of Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux are at this Swiss Chalet... Which which location is this one? Uh, Fourth Avenue. Oh, okay. I could definitely see this happening. Let's pray for this. That would be pretty good. <laughs> this thing, like you, you, you celebrate. They got the Stanley Cup there. the The top bowl is full of the everyone's chalet dipping sauce. their chicken into everybody's the Stanley got, Cup. Everybody's got like handfuls of chicken and <laughs> bread, and uh, just be... oh yeah, that would be the greatest. You know what? I might have to cheer for the Ducks this playoff. Just so, just for the sauce. The ultimate Swiss chalet experience. Oh, yeah. Would you drink the sauce out of the cup? I would. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely do that. Uh, so let's uh, talk uh, briefly about uh, the early goings of the Major League Baseball season. Yep. I got uh, this year, I got uh, uh, MLB TV on my computer. There, there are so many more features of watching it on your computer. Yeah, you can do the four screen stuff, yeah, and which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, just so like every night, you know, uh, over the last uh, you know ten days or so, you know, I get home from work and I just kind of want to unwind and listen to the soothing sounds of Gary Thorne calling the Orioles games. It's wonderful, man. I like being able to pick which broadcast feed I want. That is a nice thing. And, uh, you know, and if, and if, uh, and if I'm, you know, watching something else or I'm doing work and I just want the audio feed, I can just pick the audio feed. Yeah. It's, I still have trouble watching entire baseball. I did watch some of the blue Jays this week. I have to talk about the Jose Bautista slide. Sure. Yeah. Let's definitely talk about that. Which was one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. And Toronto media is like this. This is a sissy game. The only thing sissy about that play was Jose Bautista. If if he had have just slid with his arm straight and hadn't hooked that ankle, the exact same play would have happened. Yes. because it was a shitty throw. And he, I, I said it on Twitter. That's that's like a Rod slapping the ball. Oh on yeah, the guy's arm. Yeah, like it's you don't slide to the left of the base and reach to the left. You can slide to the left and reach to the right to touch the bag. There is no reason to reach to the left. People are saying, where's he supposed to go? Where's he supposed to put his arms? No one would slide that way if their intention was to be safe. No. It's ridiculous. And uh, I was so happy when that happened. Just yeah, utter I, heartbreak for me. And, it, like, I, you know, it's it sucks that the, you know, the Toronto media was like that. It, it was just clear if he had just 
if he had just slid. And even to the point, bases loaded with one out and you got your number four hitter at bat, he's not supposed to fucking hit into a double play. Yeah. You know, I mean, like this is your number four hitter. This is your cleanup hitter. You got the bases loaded with only one out and douche hits into a double play. I mean, that's your first problem. The second <laughs> sure. problem was that awful, clearly deliberate slide to try to interfere. And, and no one's saying, oh, no, it's about people getting hurt. It's about like, a code of ethics. Like, who does that? It was it was ridiculous. Yeah, it it, was, you're right. It, but it's it, Bush Lee it, shit. If he had just kept that arm tucked in, it would, the exact same play would have happened. He would have still thrown the ball away, and they wouldn't have called him out. At first, yeah. they wouldn't have called that double I'm play. I'm fine with anyone slide, sl- like sliding hard into a base and breaking up a double play. Sure. But that... He reached out. That was never the intention right. of sliding hard into a base. And he didn't need to reach out. And uh, Gross. Yeah. It was one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. I have issues with Bautista. I think that bat flip was garbage. I have no problem with the bat flip. I, I'm not a fan of that bat flip. Maybe just because it was him and his stupid beard. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't love the guy, but Batflip doesn't bother me. That play was way worse to me right. in terms of what I'd expect from a professional. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't mind the Batflip in terms of at least he cares. Like, that's the playoffs. You're excited. You have a huge hit, and emotions are running high. I want players to care. And well, let's. I, th- I think what bugs me more about the Batflip is how it just be kind of uh, became like its own little entity. And like if if it was the opposite, and it was someone on the Rangers doing that bat flip against the Blue Jays, everybody in Toronto, including the media, would be all over it, saying it was. I mean, but that's just the way. Like, true. Anyone would do, like with anyone's team. If if Balt, if Robbie Alomar spit on the on the face of an umpire when he was on the Jays, I would hate it. But when he did it when he was at Oriole, I loved it. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like that at all. I loved it. <laughs> Umpires have way too much called. They need to be taken down a peg or two. Good old Robbie. Not spitting. Though. I know it's he- it, it's gross, but it, it's always a different scenario when like I always hated Roberto Alomar when he's on the Jays, right? And then of course he got traded to the Orioles, and I have oh. to pretend to like the guy. Was it because of the catch, the taste? So many things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's but the Orioles. I mean, they start off. I have a hunch they're going to lose seven in a row now. Uh, it's it's entirely possible. <laughs> they had a great start, and uh, they've been swinging the bat well. They're still swinging the bat well. They've had some issues with pitching in the last couple of days. Um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I never did, but you know, I just I'm excited that um, I didn't think they were going to be that competitive this year. And I, I I think they could actually finish second or third in in the AL East. I will. I will say. I no one thought they were going to be competitive this year, which is why I thought they would be. Right. Because that's where Buck wants to be. Oh yeah. He loves being. You know, everyone's saying our team's garbage and no high expectations and just play ball and. They just. Uh, they have a lot of bats. They yeah. have a lot of bats. And so, uh, you know, bringing in Trumbo seems to be working well. There were concerns about his defense, but he's uh, he's played well. I love. Uh, I love Joey Baseball. He's their rookie, uh, Rickard. You haven't seen him yet? He's a good kid. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't watched any. Like, not one game has been televised, so that oh, I'm aware of. get the MLB TV, man. I watched a bit on my friend's MLB TV last night, the ninth inning or whatever. So uh, I just, 
at least makes it exciting. And for the last two weeks, I've even though I am a borderline bandwagon Orioles fan, I'll admit it. Sure, they are my team, but I I follow them closely when they start off seven and zero. Let's put it that way. But it still doesn't stop me from rubbing it in the face of Jays fans every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. I love doing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, by the end of the season, it's going to be much different, I'm sure. No. No? No. <laughs> the Jays manager is a hunk of shit. They That's true. They are doing nothing. They totally want Buck there. Who wouldn't? <laughs> He's the greatest. <laughs> Just let Buck have a championship already, for fuck's sakes. I mean, like... He did build the Yankees, then he left and they won. Yeah. And then he built the Diamondbacks and they let he left and then they won. Yeah. So he needs it. Everybody needs loves Buck. Everybody loves Buck. Yeah. And not Buck Martinez. No. He's the worst <laughs> of the Bucks. Yes. He's I ha- like Jay's fever so gross with the those st- I hate the ads on Sportsnet, the one with Russell Martin and his stealing the, the lunch from the guy who was on ESPN or the announcer that came back, Dan, somebody, Dan Shulman, Dan Shulman. Yeah. And I, oh, these I haven't seen that terrible, one. like bits where they're trying to be funny with Jay's players. Oh, they're gross. They just make me want to barf. Yeah. Did you see how Adam Jones, did? I did see he brought the, the pie in the face back though. In the first game, <laughs> <laughs> Weeders did not look that happy <laughs> when yeah, it know. happened. What are you going to do? Not everybody likes that, but uh, I think Matt Wieters is an overly serious guy, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he didn't like out, outwardly say anything, but it was his initial reaction, right? <laughs> when the pie hit, that was uh, well, I guess it told he a little. Wasn't bit. expecting it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> well, they had decided they it was not allowed anymore. Well, that's 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 why I love <laughs> it was this amazing. team exactly because like, it happened so much. <laughs> it needed to become a rule. Exactly, it's the best. No pies in the face. Uh, you want to take a quick trip around the world? Sure. Got a couple of uh, stories here. Um, so I want to tell you that the uh, 2016 CHAP Olympiad is going to be held in Bedford Square on Saturday, July 16th. Now, you're probably wondering, what is the CHAP Olympiad? Well, I would think it's a form of Olympics where everyone wears CHAPs. That is not correct. <laughs> Um, think of uh, uh, a British guy saying, hello, old chap. Oh. And that's what I'm thinking. So gents and stylish ladies gather in London every summer to celebrate the best of British eccentricity and sporting ineptitude at the chap <laughs> Olympiad. Uh, there's a jousting, uh, which is a traditional test of a gentleman's medal. Uh, <laughs> horses are replaced with uh, bicycles, like old-timey bicycles. Uh, lances are replaced with uh, umbrellas and uh, shields with briefcases. Uh, other sports include uh, beach volleyballer, the Corby Trouser Press Challenge, <laughs> bread basketball, and aunt avoidance. Aunt avoidance. As in, you know, aunt yes. if you're a Canadian, but aunt avoidance. Um now, since it's humble beginnings, uh, somewhere. Do, sorry, did you say which is this the tenth? Like, what's the how many chap Olympics have they been? I actually don't know how many they've actually they've had. Okay, but this is the they do have it every year. I believe it. Uh, I want to say like two thousand and seven. Okay, arresting. so this is uh It's not an 
an honored tradition. It's a, a newer tradition. That's right. Okay. Um, you know, this they provide track, field, and bar events for the uh, floppy of hair, the rackish of trilby, and the elegant of trouser. <laughs> as, uh, as is so eloquently put on their uh, website. Um, uh, pretty fantastic. This really needs a television deal and uh, something that I would really want to uh, watch. I think uh, Corby Trouser Press Challenge sounds very exciting. Great. I love the wording of everything. Oh, yes. Not sure if I want to watch it. Bread Basketball and uh, On to Voidance. I'm surprised there hasn't been a documentary about this or something like that. It's. I think... Uh, we have the next idea for a, a one Mr. Jay Cheel. Yeah. The court, the chap Olympics. We'll have to uh, see if he's down for that. Yeah. Then uh, we'll get in the credits for this one too. I think, I think we just get like standard production credits. It's store story credits. Executive producer. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Um, so the other story that I wanted to uh, talk about it, uh, it's the anniversary of uh, one of my uh, favorite drunken fan stories okay um like you know you and you know this happens a lot in uh at blue jays games usually in the home opener there's gonna be tons of people having too much to drink there's always fights there's always some you know crap behavior that just kind of ruins the game for everybody else but back in 2010 in uh in philadelphia a wonderful thing happened uh, I'm, I'm just going to read you the, the news story. All right. A man is behind bars after allegedly assaulting an off-duty police captain and his two daughters at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, captain Michael Vangelo and his 16 and 11-year-old girls drove down to watch the Phillies take on the Nationals uh, when the alleged assault occurred. Um, for the moment, his family took to their seats. A group of unruly men started disturbing everyone near them. Uh, yelling vulgarities, obscene language. Um, when this police officer and his oldest daughter asked the men to stop, uh, that seemed to just cause more trouble, which is always the case. Um, they had water thrown on them. Uh, beer was spilt on them. One individual uh, was spitting on the back of the chair and actually spat on the 11-year-old daughter, which is not cool. Uh, so they finally complained to security and uh, those men were ejected from the game. However, this is where the story gets outstanding. Uh, the man, the police officer said, everything seemed fine until a different fan got involved. This fan, identified by police as Matthew Clemens of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, uh, 21 years old, uh, was sitting with another unrelated group of fans who were also disciplined for acting out um, when he allegedly did what the police officer describes as the most disgusting thing he's ever seen. Clemens positioned himself behind the 11-year-old girl's chair, stuck his fingers down his throat, and vomited on the girl oh, and her God. father. That's gross. Leaned, I thought it was going to be grosser, though. So He leaned forward, projectile vomited all over them, um... The police officer said with a look of hurt splashed across his face. Yes. Um, like uh, the, the, the guy began walking after the police officer after he was pushed away. He then hit the police officer in the head and neck. Um, 
other fans jumped in <laughs> to subdue the vomiter and <laughs> before he was being arrested the police officer said he was still vomiting on the other fans that were trying <laughs> to hold them down <laughs> i've never heard about this before that is gross Facing several charges, including aggravated assault, simple assault, harassment, and resisting arrest. Um, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard a drunken fan do uh, to just cause shit at a sporting event. To vomit on purpose. Deliberately vomit on an 11-year-old girl. They're from Philly, right? Uh, they, this they, guy was from Jersey, but they were in oh, Philly. Right, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is. Uh, sorry, was the cop from New Jersey or was the? the fan? Uh, they were Phillies fans, I'm assuming. I think they were from nearby Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Just outside of Philly. Yeah, that is uh, a different level. I don't. It's just. It's a story that has stayed with me since the first time I heard it because it's just so insane. I don't. Uh, a lot of people like. I don't get grossed out by stuff very often. Like people say, oh, I got a visual of that. That's the, like, I I don't have visuals, but for this one, for some reason, I'm getting visuals and smell. Oh yeah. And I'm not digging it. You're not digging it at all. No, no. I mean, like, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff happen at, uh, at games, you know, and you know, well, you had your story about your own altercations and stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, shit like that happens. Um, but, uh, never have I seen someone force themselves to vomit on another human being. Yeah. And I like, I can almost puke on command. So but this kid, uh, even I wouldn't stoop to that. Level. This kid was clearly punched in the face. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's one hell of a shiner. He kind of looks like me when I was <laughs> 21 and still had my hair. <laughs> And I just love how in that news article there's a random photo of the Philly fanatic. <laughs> yeah, there is. I kind of feel it must be bad being a cop in that situation because you know you can't, like you're. Oh yeah, like they have to t- take it. They they don't want to get sued or no. It's the worst. Oh, yeah. that's gross. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into a, a little sack time. I'll answer some of your questions if you ever want to reach out to us and uh, and ask us a sports question. You can email us. Uh, balljunkpodcast at gmail.com or you can uh, send us a message on the old Twitter uh, the gas man lives uh, at dirty frank three hours and dirty or of course uh, at balljunkpodcast and uh, we would love to hear from you guys any questions any comments uh, we'll uh, we'll do our best to uh, answer your questions alright so the first one uh, comes from uh, Nathan Cripps he's a crip not a blood uh, he's a big Liverpool soccer footy fan. Um, last night's game against uh, Dortmund was an incredible comeback and brought me uh, tears at the end. Uh, uh, Liverpool uh, on two occasions were down by uh, two goals and they actually came back to uh, win it 4-3 uh, in uh, extra time. Uh, he called it very emotional stuff. Has any sports game brought you to tears of joy when it finished uh no no but i i even said i think i said this on film junk or told jay this and he made fun of me on film junk probably if if the pelicans won i i think i could cry 
I would cry. In uh, in 1993, when uh, the Canadians won their improbable Stanley Cup after winning 10 straight overtime games, I got choked up as they were uh, carrying the cup around the uh, uh, the Montreal Forum ice uh, as uh, Steve Winwood's back in the high life again was, <laughs> nice. was blaring. Did you shed eye water, though? Uh, you were choked up. I believe I got misty. Did anything drop from your eye? I'm going to say nothing dripped because I dabbed it with a tissue before that okay. happened. <laughs> All right. But it was a it was a very emotional ride in the playoffs. I was a strapping young lad of 18. Were you at the game? Sorry. No, I was okay. not at oh, okay. the game. No. Um, uh, another time that I did get... Again, a, a little emotional because, and I was actually at the game, uh, the very last game at the Montreal Forum against the uh, Dallas Stars. I think they were the Dallas Stars, yes. And uh, uh, Guy Carboneau, who was an assistant coach with Dallas, uh, um, they had this whole thing, this pregame ceremony where they uh, uh, all the surviving Montreal Canadiens captains were there, and they passed the torch from one of them from each one to another and and Carboneau came out wearing his Canadians jersey and the place just went nuts but it was a bigger deal because there was a 9 minute standing ovation for Maurice Richard. It's a pretty long standing oh. It was outstanding. <laughs> it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen and uh that was very emotional as well. Joyous. So no we haven't cried. You haven't. I would have, but I I, but I you grabbed didn't. a tissue. But you didn't. You wouldn't let the emotion flow out of your eyes. <laughs> you were embarrassed. You you dabbed it down. Um, got a question from uh, Kassan to the fabulous Freebirds. He refers to us as the fabulous Freebirds. <laughs> Biggest question now that Kobe is done: Is he truly the best to ever play? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Top ten. You mentions uh, Bill Russell, Wilt, MJ, Magic, Bird. Pete yep, Maravich yep, yep. and his personal favorite, Dominique Wilkins. I think Kobe's better than Neek. I think so too. And I think he's better than Pistol Pete. I would say so too. Um, and uh, yet another question uh, regarding uh, WrestleMania 32, which just took place uh, a couple weekends ago. Which I actually watched I, I inexplicably. Did, the thing with WrestleMania now, it's. WrestleMania is for fans like you, the, yeah. the you know people that used to watch and uh, and really only jump back in either for WrestleMania or for like the Royal Rumble. That's exactly and uh, um, because you know WrestleMania now is just like a, a spectacle. Um, now the the announced WWE crowd at uh, is it Texas Stadium? Is that what it's called? Where the Cowboys play was uh, over a hundred and one thousand people. Uh, they actually had ninety seven thousand people, which is still an insane amount of people gathered to watch that event. The gate was like seventeen and a half million dollars, which shattered their best ever record by over five million. And uh, you know, like, this is the event. And again, like I said, for people like you, so that's why they bring out. Shawn Michaels, which was the best part of Mick the Foley, <laughs> and they bring out Steve Austin um, to drink a few uh, 
uh, Broken Skull Ranch IPAs and, uh, <laughs> and throw a f- that's what it is. I know yeah, it's just his own beer so and uh, you know drop a few stunners. Uh, that, when he stunned the New Day, that was the, uh, my. Is that what they're called? Yes. Yeah. They were the worst, and like when he stunned them, that was definitely the highlight of WrestleMania for me. Well, when they first came out to challenge the group of the villains who were in the ring, like when he stunned that guy named Rusev, that guy sold that stunner like nothing he'd ever yeah. sold it before. Like he went, you know, horizontal and floated <laughs> in the air uh, like and, and just landed flat on his back. It was an unbelievable performance. You know, and then they bring The Rock out. It's different, you know, he gets his own introduction. Yeah, a a long-winded introduction. They they treat setting those letters. It was the worst. I mean, they treat him so differently. Even though the biggest pop of the night was for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, for sure, by far. By that was the and even HBK that trio easily highlighted the night for me. Right, and and Shaq in the. Shaq in, in, in the battle, <laughs> uh, which was hilarious because I did not know that was happening. And uh, but once The Rock actually committed to like that quick little match and the fan service aspect with Cena tearing off the pants and having his gear on yeah, underneath, that was all right. But sure. getting to that point was excruciating. Yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he uh, he tends to go on. And, and the last match was awful, like so boring. The, well, okay. Um, I think the problem was, uh, one, we were six hours into the show and, uh, and the, the final match still hadn't started yet. Um, the crowd doesn't necessarily know who to cheer for because Triple H is like the big villain. He's like the authority that pushes all the other guys down. The cerebral assassin. The cerebral <laughs> the assassin. It's a great name. It's awful. The King of Kings. I was laughing so hard watching this. And, and Stephanie McMahon's intro. She's awesome. She's <laughs> it was the fucking amazing. Oh, she's so great. My dad I can still hear my dad when, from when I was nineteen watching Raw. Like, yeah. Who's this fucking sea hag? <laughs> he always called her the sea hag. And uh you know, and and Roman Reigns, who's the the guy that the company wants to be their biggest star, but everyone hates everyone because I mean, why does I don't know why everyone hates him because he's uh, just pushed down. It's it's so obvious that they want him to be the guy, and they they're, they want trying to, to shove him down the f- f- fans. And the throws. fans are like, no, we want to cheer for this guy and this yeah. guy and this guy, and that just seems to be what happens. So um, that makes sense. You couldn't really tell what was happening with the crowd and. But I felt that they had a good match, you know, just from a, a wrestling match standpoint. But, you know, after we had watched Shane McMahon jump off the uh, 20-foot steel cage through the announce table. Which wasn't that impressive. There because was everybody cr- knew it was going to happen. That no, point. there was a crash mat in the table. Well, obviously there had to be well it's kind of t- there isn't in the other ones when people have done crazy stuff like when they did the two what what is it the choke slam through the the cage there well if, with with foley you mean yeah all right well when foley got thrown off the top that wasn't planned that was just that accident no i mean they were on top and foley said let's do this and they yeah. threw him off <laughs> uh because the, that that famous call from jim ross that was his legitimate 
surprise. like reaction yeah, yeah, okay, to okay. the whole thing. I still and, think the Shane McMahon thing was was cool. It was yes. like kind of crazy. And, and, the, and the choke slam through the cage, uh, the cage just broke. And and he <laughs> fell through. That wasn't supposed to happen either. And the worst part about it was that chair followed him through and hit him in the face once he hit the ground. I gotta rewatch that. I don't. Yeah, because yeah. there's a steel chair up there. And when he falls through the cage, the chair falls falls with him. And when he hits the ground, it hits him in the face, which knocks his tooth out and puts his tooth into his nose. And you can see him sitting in the corner, and he's feeling with his tongue where his tooth used to be, and you can see the tooth is stuck in his nostril. Oh, God, I got to rewatch this. Oh, yeah. This. Like they, none of that shit was planned with Foley and The Undertaker in that famous Hell in a Cell match. But anyway, um, WrestleMania was really long. I was thoroughly entertained. And the reason that it's it's made for people like you is for to get all these people to watch the show. Because the next night on Monday Night Raw, all of the implications that were settled at WrestleMania were just completely ignored. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing with Shane McMahon and The Undertaker where... If Shane lost, you know, he he wouldn't get anything. He'd have to leave. He's been in control of Monday Night Raw for the last two weeks, and he lost the match. (laughs) You know, and, like, just shit like that just kind of happens, you know, and then they just kind of move on. Like, the guy that won the ladder match, he lost the next night. Lost his belt. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, you know, and that's just, I think they just, they want... The, you know the the people that pop in and out that used to be fans and 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 just to enjoy the show and they give them that spectacle and then they just get back to hmm. regular business and that just seems to be the way it goes. But I overall I had, I had a, I enjoyed myself. I I do think the best part was was Austin and Michaels and but yeah, for sure so good show. I I, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, it. Was a good time. Well, did we get the question though or? Well, it, 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 he just, just, he, just he listed a bunch of things about, oh, okay, about okay. the show. Um, yeah, with uh, well, he, he does compare Triple H and the Authority with the First Order and Kylo Ren from <laughs> Star Wars: The Force oh, Awakens. That, that whole preamble with Stephanie McMahon was, at least, it was funny. It was better than the match itself, yeah. but it's it's ridiculous. They need to take is is Triple H still in control of wrestling, essentially. Like the the guy is Paul Levesque the, is is like one of the COOs, but the character of Triple H is not on TV right now. No, no, I mean, hunt, like in oh, is that his real name? Paul Levesque. Yes. Yeah, he's in charge of. Uh, he's not in charge of everything. Vince McMahon is still in charge. Creatively, though, he doesn't he make the no. Creative? He no. Uh, he is in charge of their NXT show and all their okay. young talent, all right. and uh, there are still actual writers for the other show. So he doesn't, but Vince has final say over everything. Okay, still. The next uh, is a question that came to us on Twitter uh, from Punctuation Films. Film company? Gotta be. Maybe. Uh, what do your significant others think of your sports viewing? <laughs> they don't. They don't exist. Yeah. I mean, you have, for, for me, uh, she doesn't care. She likes baseball, but doesn't. she just reads if I put something on. My TV loves it when I put sports on yeah. it. Yeah. That's my significant other. My dog Chester loves sports. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because usually I'm eating snacks, and then he gets snacks. Nice. So why wouldn't he? He's a smart dog. Um. And the last question is from. Uh, this is gonna be a tough one. Really? Uh, the name Chandon. Chandon Bot. Okay. C H A N D A N. Chandon. Yeah, we've Chandon. I think we've had questions before from him. B H A T T Bot. Yep. I'm assuming. 
Greetings, gentle ballers. I'm sure it's old news by now, but I was interested in knowing which Arizona State University basketball fan taunt, a.k.a. the curtain of distraction, you think is the funniest. Um, and which one do you think has been the most effective against the opposing team? Now, when uh, if you're watching an NBA game or an NCAA basketball game, when a player is shooting free throws, if uh, they're the opposing team that is shooting the throws, the fans who are at the end there, who are behind the basket, are usually doing some sort of thing to distract you. At NBA games, most of the time, it's just waving foam fingers and towels and other stupid shit. Uh, but some colleges and universities in the NCAA decide to get a little bit more creative. No, I sent you. I yeah, I watched this, And you watched yeah. them. Uh, so for example, um, there was one that, that, that the video was called Childbirth. Which is at a local school sheridan oh is it i'm pretty sure yeah where um basically there's a guy wearing a wig and he has a a towel over him and it looks like he's giving birth and there's a guy dressed as a doctor and he pulls a small child out from underneath the the blanket that one to me is the best because because it's a smaller school yes and less popular in canada they're literally right under the basket (laughs) when they're doing it so yes like 10 feet away from yeah. the actual player at the end of the key. What you would see this happening yes. while you're shooting the free throws. And then there's uh, one where the, uh, uh, this curtain, they actually have like this frame and a curtain where the curtain opens and whatever is behind it is what is distracting you. And one time there was Michael Phelps. Yeah. This is at Arizona state at Arizona, Arizona state. And, uh, comes out wearing uh, like the stripper bow tie and no shirt and pants. And they start mm-hmm. dancing. Um, and then there's the they dress uh, up like unicorns. The and... wi- the wild unicorn sex party where it's two I'm assuming dudes wearing unitards with rubber unicorn masks and they're violently pretending gyrating to have intercourse and gyrating. Uh, so I think the childbirth one is the most creative one. I think so too. I don't effective probably the unicorns just because it reads well from a distance. Yes, but I watched a highlight reel and. A lot of them are a little too subtle, I think, to be effectively distracting. They'd be easy to ignore. Um, you got to go b- like bigger silhouettes. Get some big ideas sure. out there. We had a similar question uh, in one of our early episodes of uh, what was the best um, um, end zone celebration in football, and and you know, there's been some excellent ones. Um, you know, like the ball being a grenade and all the players falling down is a good one. But the best one that I had ever seen uh, was in the CFL. And I believe it was the Calgary Stampeders. And one guy uh, got on his, his back and put his feet up in the air. And uh, another player came and sat on his feet and put his... He sat on the, on the feet of the guy laying on his back as the feet were up in the air. And then put his feet in the player's hands. And then there was another guy that came and stood over the guy that was laying down. Um, and I'm trying to picture. Right. I, I got it. And uh, basically the guy in the front put his arms out and like uh, kind of like crossed in front of him. And the player who was sitting on the feet put his hands on the guy's forearms and they did an exercise bike. <laughs> the guy on the ground moved his hands up and down that was holding onto the guy's feet. Okay, yeah. And then they made it look like an exercise bike. And I thought that was pretty clever. 
Who did it? And they didn't show it in the Super Bowl. Patriots versus Seahawks when they shadowed the ball. Oh, I forget. I just, That's a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I thought it was really clever when Terrell Owens was pulling out hidden magic markers I thought, I like and that. signing the balls and stuff. It's good. It's entertaining. But the bat flip is bad. Well, that's that's that's. I, I just think because the bat flip was just so. I think the way he just kind of stood there and had that Jose Bautista look on his the face. Attitude? I think so. Okay, all right. Just checking. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm fine with end zone stuff. I liked it. I loved when Randy Moss mooned. Sure. The the yeah. Green Bay crowd and Joe Buck was disgusted. Just abs. That is disgusting. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. He didn't pull his pants down. Like, no. He just pretended like he did. Yeah. Whatever. Chill out, Buck. People are going to get uh, <laughs> upset about shit, man. Yeah. So that's sack time. If you ever have a question for us or a comment about the show, um, you send us an email. Balljunkpodcast.gmail.com. Send us a message on Twitter, at the gas man lives at Dirty Frank, three hours and dirty, or at Podcast, And uh, make sure you follow us. Uh, we tweet Funny things sometimes. Yeah, once in a blue moon. Once in a blue moon, we come up with something good. You were pretty, your Oscar tweets were were solid. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's For some reason, that seems to be where my best material comes from. Oscars, yeah. Award yeah. shows. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It was great. The best reaction I ever got from an Oscar tweet um, was, uh, was two years ago. Uh, it was a... The woman from uh, uh, Gabourey, Sidibe, and Anna Kendrick were presenting an award together, and I tweeted out that they looked like the number 10. And that's probably the, my most successful tweet, I think, that I've In ever history, had. In history, yeah. That or, or one during the uh, World Cup where um, the, what's his name, uh, bit, bit the Italian player in the shoulder. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Um and I just said, you know, in his defense, Italian food is delicious. That was a good one. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about that guy. Oh, yeah. The biting? Is it Suarez? Yes. Yeah. Very good. There you go. Good for you coming up with that name. But, uh, yeah. So sometimes we're entertaining and sometimes we just, you know, tweet out shit. I'm just angry. Or... Yeah. Usually it's you're angry about refereeing. That'll happen. <laughs> yeah. That happens quite a bit. Uh, so you ready for the gas pedal? Yep. All Give right. it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> Here we go. The Tennessee Titans traded the first overall pick to the brand new LA Rams franchise. Will the Rams draft a Peyton Manning or will they draft a Ryan Leaf? Ryan Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Better odds at landing free agent Steven, Tam- Sta- Steven Stamkos, the Maple Leafs, or the Canadiens? Leafs. Uh, the Liverpool Football Club made an unbelievable three-goal comeback against Dortmund to reach the Europa semis. Is three goals in 25 minutes the greatest footy comeback ever? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so either. <laughs> uh, this show was dedicated to the memory of Balls Mahoney, who was an ECW wrestler. His best match. What was it? Oh, the one where the balls... <laughs> Fell out and he hit the table and his balls hit. That is not accurate. The correct answer would be the ECW Tag Team Championship match from Russell Palooza 1998. Was it against the Dudley Boys? No. Balls Mahoney teamed up with Axel Rotten to take on Chris Candido and Lance Storm. Which one of those four is the only wrestler still alive? 
Lance Storm. Correct. The Canadian women's Olympic soccer team is in the same qualifying draw as Germany, Australia, and Zimbabwe. Will the Canadians finish first, second, third, or fourth? Second. Possibly. Misha Tate became the new UFC bantamweight champion by choking out Holly Holm in the fifth round of their fight. Would you pay $500 to see Misha Tate choke me out? No, but I know you would. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Ottawa's Rachel Holman shut out Scotty's Tournament of Heart champion Chelsea Carey 10-0 on Thursday night and draw nine of the Players' Championship. What sport am I talking about? Curling. All right. (laughs) You kidding me? That's it. Uh, Ball Junk episode 21. Uh, thanks for listening to the show and uh, thanks for downloading the show off of iTunes. And uh, please make sure you subscribe to it and uh, maybe it'll give us a nice five star rating. We love five star ratings. That's really the only rating that's, that's worth giving. Five stars on iTunes. <laughs> subscribe to the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you for episode 22. Mamba out.